0: Welcome to day four of our look together through Revelation chapter eight. We're walking through these trumpet calls of God, these trumpet calls of judgment. And yesterday we looked at the first trumpet and we saw some signs that were happening, some destruction happening on this earth that were very reminiscent of the plagues that came upon Egypt and reminded ourselves that God wants to turn hard hearts to him and he wants to open the door for his people to be set free. And that's what's happening in the book of Revelation. Now, the second trumpet sounds. And with that, a destruction of the third of the sea. Revelation chapter eight, verse eight. The second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures of the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. This is worldwide destruction that's coming upon the earth that causes everyone to see this world is not a place that I can trust. I'm not gonna hold on to something that's being lost. Now, not everyone will see that. As we walk through Revelation, that's going to be revealed. But God is allowing people to see the truth about this world. It is not to be trusted. It's going to go away. He could have just snapped his fingers and the world would go away. But instead, he allows it to go through these stages of destruction. Why? For human beings to see what's coming, to see what's happening. The third trumpet sounds in verse 10. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Now, as you read what happened in this trumpet blast, you can't miss the fact that there was a name to this star, Wormwood. The idea of that name is the very idea that's behind what happens to the waters. The name means bitterness. The waters turned bitter. As you and I look at this third trumpet blast, you need to remember to realize that everyone in John's day who, was, who had familiarity with the Old Testament would have immediately thought of a story, something that God did in the Old Testament when they read these verses. They would have immediately thought of what happened in Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15, let me read for you verses 23 to 25. When they came to a place called Mara. They could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter, and therefore it was named Marah. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. So here is a place named bitterness in Moses' day, Marah, and thrown into that place of bitterness is a tree, and the waters become sweet. The tree cast into the bitter waters made them sweet. And here is a star, which is also given a name, not Mara, but wormwood, which means bitter. And here this is cast into the waters, and instead of making it sweet, it makes it bitter. The contrast here, the picture here, is a contrast between Jesus Christ giving his life for our sin and making that which is bitter sweet. That's the idea of the tree here. It's thrown into that water. That's why God had them do that, God's had a plan from the very beginning. He's unfolding that plan. He's showing us the unfolding of that plan in the book of Revelation. The contrast is between bitter water that is made sweet by the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross for us and my trust in that and sweet water that is made bitter, bitter by my refusal to trust in Christ and instead casting myself before him as as judge and not savior. You want Jesus Christ to be your Savior and not your judge because he gave his life for your sin. They cried out to the Lord, and he showed them. So you and I, as we cry out to the Lord in our everyday lives, this is a picture of what happens in your life as a believer, and it's a picture of what's going to happen at the end. For you and I as believers, if you think of Jesus Christ on the cross and what he's done for you, he has taken the bitter in your life even the trials, even the struggles. And he brings to them the sweetness of his grace and his plan and his healing and his comfort. He does not keep problems from happening in our lives in this world. That's for heaven. That will happen in heaven. But he uses those problems to grow us. And we know that someday we're going to have no more tears before him. The bitter has become sweet because of Jesus Christ. That's the place I want to live. That's the place God wants us to live. But the opposite can become true. If you're the person who says, I'm going to have my own plan. I'm going to live my own way till the end. And then if I get caught up in these end time events, get caught up in what's going to happen, maybe then I'll trust in God. But the problem with that is we get so attached to our plans. And when our plans start to fail, instead of trusting something else, someone else, instead of admitting our own faults, we try to make our plans work one more time. We try to hold on to our plans. We try to hold on to this world even as it's falling apart. There is a day in which Jesus Christ will come as judge. And all that seems sweet in this world will become bitter because I didn't trust in him. All the plans that I had that I thought I was going to live, they'll become bitter when we realize that my plan is not what's going to prevail in the end. So here's the question in this passage. As you look at what happened with this third trumpet, there's a spiritual question behind this. Do I trust Jesus Christ to make bitter things in my life, sweet things in my life? That's the spiritual truth behind this. Now, this is an actual event that's going to happen, but it's an actual event with spiritual truth, just like the waters of Mara in the days of Moses, an actual event with spiritual truth. Here it is again. The fact is, the waters of this world one day, they're going to become undrinkable, bitter, because God's going to be taken out. And without God in, it's always bitter. It's all bad. There's no good, because all goodness is in God. So go back to what happened at Mara. They were grumbling. Life was not working out as they wanted. And Moses took a tree representing a cross and he cast it into that water and it made it sweet. Look at your life. Maybe there's a bitterness in your life right now. Maybe you've never turned to Christ and said, Jesus Christ, I need you. I need you to make the bitter sweet with your comfort, with your grace, with your plan. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. Tell him right now, just in prayer, say, Jesus Christ, I need your love. I need your forgiveness. And as you live in that love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, you're going to discover you have to keep applying this truth to your life. Some of you, you, you may have been believers for many, many years as you're listening to this, but you're still bitter right now because instead of living in light of the truth of the cross, God's love for you, Jesus' forgiveness of you, you're living your plan, and it's not working out like you want, and you're bitter right now. Let him make the bittersweet in your life by once again trusting in what only Jesus Christ can do He has a plan even in this. He has a purpose even in this. God's plan extends all the way to eternity. Even if it never works out exactly like you want in this world, in the end, you're going to see that God has a greater plan than this world. Trust him in a fresh new way today. He is the spring of living water. Jesus, we need the water of life that only you can give. We need the kind of life that only you can give. So I pray, we pray that you would make the bitter sweet in our lives as we trust in you. And you did that with our sins. The bitterness of our refusal to trust in you, our decision to trust in ourselves, by your forgiveness, you took that which separated us from you and instead you made it you made it an expression of your love for us by giving your life for us. And so, Lord, we thank you. We trust you once again. In your name we thank you. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to look together at the fourth trumpet call of God.